welcome, 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 podcast listeners. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. It is episode number 238 of the Fret Talk podcast. You are joined today by Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Woohoo! You're also joined by, oh my gosh, it is Josh. Good abend. Whatever that guy said. Good evening in German. Ah, guten Nacht. <laughs> Say good. See, si, senorita. Ah. <laughs> two, two beers, please. Two. Two. That's it. You, two. Sh- you shout it. Yeah, two. Be- beers. Like, be- beer. Yeah, yeah. Cerveza, por favor. There you go. Uh, so, <laughs> our Spanish <laughs> listeners, sorry. Uh, in fact, uh, foreign speaking listeners, sorry. Um, you may also know... learn English. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, there is that, <laughs> but so you you might notice that I'm feeling uh, a little bit gruff this week. You can hear hear the raspiness in my voice. Um, we have got a budget poorly chap this week. He's absolutely positive. <laughs> that is it. Yeah. Second round of the lurgy, isn't it? It is, uh, and it's not going to be about this week. But show must go on. Uh, Lee did send a message in the group uh, this week and says, "Oh, just uh, just have a week off. Like we 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 never do it." And I was like, "Not on my watch." And that was when there was a collective groan from the rest of the podcast, going, oh. <laughs> "Yeah, oh, another one." <laughs> Damn it! We thought we had the week off, uh, but yes, it is number two thirty-eight of the Fretzel Podcast, and. We have got a podcast for you today, or at least I hope we do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm sure we can cram it and like cut it in, form some semblance of a releasable thing. Indeed, I mean, if not, I'll just do a greatest hits episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's a way where you record Queen's greatest hits and then release (laughs) it as a podcast. I mean, that'd probably be our most popular one. That would, would it? You should, you should finish the episode then at the show must go on and then play Queen and then you kind of like, you know. Yeah, seamlessly yeah, transition into like copyright theft. Uh, uh, but there we go. So it's, uh, it is it is a podcast this week. So, um, gentlemen, I believe that we've not really been up to a lot this week. Uh, so, like, I did, yeah, who wants I did to a volunteer? Practice. I did a band practice last night, so I have been up to much, but all I did was play the songs that i was supposed to have learned last time and i finally learned them oh brilliant so, brilliant yeah so it's just a case of going over that and yeah we were, i worked out that that's the first time that i've been at a rehearsal where every member of the band's been there since october oh nice so yeah it's nice to get back to it and we've got a gig a week on saturday so cool yeah, it's just getting ourselves ready for that yeah and what songs were that you were throwing in? Sorry, if, uh, so it was slept since comf- comfortably numb and Sir Duke, which we've decided that we're not going to throw in in two weeks' time because it's quite like rehearsal intensive, and we realised that actually we needed to go over some of the stuff that we haven't played in the last five months. <laughs> Funny so, that. <laughs> yeah, we we, we went for, we we'd, we went through it once, and we're like, this is going to require some work, and we need to concentrate on all the rest of the shit. I mean, so I'd agree. It sounds sounds like a sensible, sensible idea. Yeah, a little bit disappointing, but like, 
yeah, it's definitely going to, like, just in terms of structure, it's a pain in the ass before you try and, like, get everybody playing in time with that really weird, or not weird, but the fairly complicated, like, bass trumpet and what's going to be a bass trumpet and guitar line, because I've decided that I'm going to play along so that the keyboardist can play the trumpets and I'll play the keyboard line. Okay, cool. So I'm just trying to picture it in my head. The, uh, the like counter melody that's going on it's all kind of like syncopated yeah it is it's very very syncopated there's actually no guitar in that bit which is allows me to then do the the stabby kind of yeah keyboard bit cool 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 um any any gear or anything that we want to mention any no like yeah guitar pedals an amp <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good good um, podcasting. Yeah, but uh, no new gear, no no nothing along those lines. Just a case of yeah. Wait, and wait. Then the, the the other song was comfortably numb, which just yeah, throw throw a bit of extra gain in and stamp on a pedal and use delay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, saturate it in all kinds of roominess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's weirdly been... weirdly because Gilmore's a bit. Of, of a country player so i have to turn the compression up on the compressor which is weird for me because i hate compressors but if you don't it just sounds really weird yeah there's not enough sound right not enough sustain and evenness to the tone yeah and it's 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 not for me it's not a tone that i would actively go out and seek but actually for that song it works really well and yeah yeah it it almost does Similar thing that a tube screamer does when it's on high gain, doesn't it? Where it because it the compression takes away all the spikiness, which is the the top end, really. Yeah. Those are like the the initial transients of the note, and it it deadens those straight away. So you end up getting a really kind of mid rich uh, tone that sustains for quite a while. Yeah, and it takes away the the harshness of the pinched harmonics at the start of the. Like the the outro solo, like there's a couple of pinched harmonics in there, and there's a few further into it as well, and it just kind of evens everything out and just allows it to kind of sit in roughly the same place in the mix, rather than kind of any harshness. Yeah, so yeah, really kind of that's that is the signature of a pinched harmonic unadorned with uh, mass amounts of compression, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so Joshy Josh, Josh, Josh. I have not really done all that much, to be honest. I filmed a podcast with the wonderful Marcus Darby of Deluxe Pedals. Yes. Um, It actually turned into literally five minutes of talking about him and, you know, music history with him. And then it literally was an hour and a half of just solid talking gear. So it actually is the first time that the Guitar Geeks podcast has actually lived up to its name. Get in, because um, yeah, there's a lot of like story story stuff in the uh, Guitar Geeks podcast, isn't there? Yeah, um, like people, I always get messages and they're like, "Oh, what questions are you going to ask?" And I go, "We don't do that here." Um, you know, I literally just we kind of go with the flow, and so yeah. um, it's probably nice. Maybe some people like you know like the podcast for hearing people's journeys or whatever but this actually did end up talking about pedals and guitars and you know just yeah, 
everything gear related. Um, and I have made a new preset up on the neural cloud. Oh, tell me more. Tell me more. Um, I was just making some like sounds to try and fit in for this audition that I got coming up and I was just messing about and I thought, Oh, whatever I pair this and this, and to be honest, I'm not going to use this preset, but I do quite like it because it pairs in stereo um, a EVH5150 and a Saldano SLO100, both in like four stereo with Tube Screamer in front and an addition to add an octave uh, pedal. Cool. Uh, which is quite nice, but I set it up so you can have full stereo, full stereo with the Tube Screamers, um full stereo with the octave and then each side by themselves um if you you know you just want to run one of the amps yeah and again you can bring in the the pedals um i think i I put it up yesterday and i think it's about 150 downloads or something like that at the moment nice uh but other than that i haven't really done much to be quite honest with you it's been a very lazy week for oh my gosh it's josh there's a like circling back to our Marcus because uh, I I follow Marcus on uh, on Instagram as well and even though he is a uh, a purveyor of um, fine quality um, pedal boards because I've I've got like three in this room already um, his gear is nothing to be sniffed at isn't it. Oh no, we were talking about you know he's got one of the KTRs. Um, he's got, I think I remember he said he's got a first draft uh, of, I think it was a Thorpey pedal. I think he he mentioned I can't quite remember. And yeah, I was uh, very impressed with his gear, and he's got a lovely uh, little stereo setup in his uh, in his room. I must say it did uh, peak the uh, the gear whore in me. I must admit. Yeah, he's got some some choice selections on that pedal board, doesn't he? Yeah, he reps I mean, quite a few of our um, uh, frequenters. Like he's got um, he's got some Tate stuff, he's got some JSA stuff, he's got some uh, like some Hello Sailor stuff as well. Like, so he's he's very much running in the same circles that we uh, we tend to on this podcast quite a lot. He's um he said he um needs me to hit up uh James from Homertone um as I'm gonna get sorted with a nice little pedal board for the uh, quad cortex for when I'm doing the demonstrations. Oh so yeah, yeah, cool. I've got to hit make sure I uh, hit up uh Homertone this week and I'll probably forget knowing me. Yeah. Uh so you're going for one of the uh Vert Deluxe boards? I am, yes, because I think for when I'm doing the demonstrations and making presets, sometimes it is quite a faff if I'm bending over and bits and pieces. So uh, it will do an absolute delight for what I need. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like through the various stages of No Talk or Tone series, you'll see like my initial one, which was just the standard Vert Deluxe. Then he bought a Vert Deluxe with a little shelf on so that they don't have to have Velcro on the, the pedals. So I bought that one. And then he did like an individual pedal one with a shelf. Yeah. Uh, so that's what's being used at the moment. But you see them cropping up all over the shop. 
That's it. He was mentioning that, obviously not to give too much around the podcast, but he was saying, like, you know, he spotted them on Anderton's and he's he spotted them cropping all over Facebook and uh, Instagram. Um, I said when I was at the UK guitar show, I'd when I was uh, demoing some stuff in the SMP booth and Redbeard, yeah. I saw, you know, a couple of his pedal boards there and... Um, I actually first met Marcus when I was playing a guitar in the SMP booth. Nice. Um, through one of the Dovers there, and Marcus was there as well. And I, I, I hate to admit, I didn't realise it was him until he reminded me of it. <laughs> yeah, because he, he was um, hanging around um, with uh, Stuart Tate and Phil of uh, Pedal Patch, weren't he? He was around that kind of area. Yeah. And they were like a stone's throw away from the Dover amps. Yeah, because I think Dover, there was Dover, and then on the other side of Dover, there was Chapman, and then the other side of Chapman, I think there was, wasn't there, Manson and OP and Redbeard and all that, so they're all kind of in the same vicinity, I think, if I remember rightly. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, and I, I met a few um, few internet uh, peeps at that show that I've, I've known for ages, like Marcus, uh, I also met John Tron, uh, John Tron Davidson of um, uh, oh uh, <laughs> heavy repping. I was about to say Pick Universe then, but it's not. It's the Plectroverse, the Plectroverse, <laughs> not Pick Universe, Nobba. Uh, but yeah, like all these, all these people, like known them for ages on uh, online, and uh, met them at the guitar show. Uh, and well, that got... was it. Like um, that was the first time. Like to be fair, I'd been to the UK guitar show, and um, there was there was like obviously I I knew the people from Chapman, and you know I have a good relationship with Rabia and Rob anyway. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, it was meeting people like Mikey Demas and um, you know just people like that that you've you know you've seen on youtube plenty of plenty of plenty of times or chatted to on facebook like carl golden and you know i'd been following carl golden for years and you know i just turned around and bumped into him and i was like oh, i didn't know you were here you know i i can't wait to go this year i'm looking forward to it yeah it's a little bit later this year isn't it because usually uh it would have happened by now 7th 8th of may i yeah. think sounds and... about right all of us at Pedal, well, I want to say all of us at Pedal Boards of Doom, some of us at Pedal Boards of Doom and the Fret Talk podcast will be there. Indeed. Yeah, I, I imagine I probably will be. I've not got tickets yet, but I, I imagine I will be. I may be working, we'll see. I, I would have been, but I've got a gig, so it's not, <laughs> it's not worth flying over for the afternoon and then flying back. No, not at all. No. Although it is, it is a good laugh. It's uh, It's quite a jaunt, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'd probably get about, get about an hour there before I had to turn around and go back to the airport to get back here. No, so you, just, you, yeah. you you need a good a good day's worth to get you get you most uh, out of it. Um, yeah, definitely. Especially coming from the Isle of Man, you know, you'll have to uh, pay your import fees to get in or whatever. I don't know. I don't know how it works there. Got to fucking get myself a COVID passport before I can fucking leave the island. <laughs> yeah, there is that too. Somebody jab a fucking stick up my nose. Yeah, sod that for two hours worth. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they jabbed the stick up for two hours. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I've not come, I've not transited from and to the Isle of Man. 
I don't know the protocol. Yeah, yeah we've got different protocols. Stick down the nose for two hours, and if you if you can put up with that, then <laughs> yeah, you think you're probably probably it. worthy of worthy of a half hour journey. That's I'm it. Surprised they can still call it Isle of Man, and people haven't got offended by it. <laughs> oh, they have. They it's have. not a, Isle of a... Them or whatever. Yeah, I think it's Isle of People. Actually, is what we're, we're supposed to be transitioning <laughs> towards. I mean. It it should be uh I'll be back, shouldn't it? It should be <laughs> sponsored by Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, doesn't he um like promote like packs of bacon or something like that? Does he? I have I have no idea. Because bacon is from the back of a pig. Ah, <laughs> smart joke that. <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, <laughs> incre- yeah incredibly smart. Ah, <laughs> oh, um, I've done some stuff this week. Oh yeah, if, in fact, what have you done? I uh, I made a preset on the uh, on the stomp with the sole intention of it sounding bad. Um, <laughs> and did uh, it? I mean, to a degree, yeah. So I'll I'll give you a bit of a, a bit of a, the thought process behind it because, um, like I've I've got presets like built up on my on my stomp already, and they sound pretty decent. I am planning on doing a video for Pedalboards of Doom in the near future about like the best option for a beginner guitar pedal, uh, like out of a couple of the the regular ones that you'd expect. Um, but I figured if I'm gonna do that, like shoving beginner guitar pedals through what is essentially like modelling, like twin reverbs and like dumbbells and and all this stuff it's a little bit redundant um so i'm going to try and use like the cheapest guitar that i've got which unfortunately even that has got like iron gear pickups in it so it still says it's a relatively affordable you know it's not yeah, mass- affordable but it's not like the the cheap shitty ceramic pickups you get in your standard square strap um but i'm going to i'm going to use that anyway cuz it's like it's as close as I can get to look. What have a... you got in that um, LTD TE two one two? Is that the Iron Gears that you've got in that one, or is it Fletcher's? No, I've got. So that's got a Seymour Duncan. Uh, yeah, definitely can't use that. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's got a quarter pounder in the bridge and a Dimarzio Twang King in the neck, and it doesn't sound like a telly at all. It sound like they sound like bookers because they're like big fat sounding pickups. Um, like I've got another, I've got a two o two and a two one two, and the two o two's got a uh, like it's got two telly neck pickups as a humbucker, and the, and like all the pickups in it are Fletcher pickups. I've, so I've I've either got like Fletcher pickups in them or like Duncan's or Demasias or whatever. So whatever guitar I've got is gonna sound better than like cheap Chinese crap. <laughs> um, so unfortunately I can't I can't do it to that degree but like the majority of people will start off on a square strat so I'll use a strat that's no problem um, but all like I say all of my presets on the stomp sound really good uh, so I was I was going through the amp list and I was hoping that there would be like line 6 spider clean channel yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think anybody's ever modelled that yeah, I mean that's the issue. I was looking because they have got some Line Six um, 
amp models and they've got like the insane mode um i think they don't call it the the insane mode it's like the pulverizer or something like that and it's like a, a reimagined insane mode so not sounding like angry wasps <laughs> um but i thought like if they've got something like that for like a clean channel then that will be great to use but they didn't unfortunately they only had like the extreme metal end of the spectrum um <laughs> so the closest thing i could get to that sounded shit or, or it sounded not like all of the rest of the amps like really clean and dynamic and and warm uh was the roland jazz chorus sound because that is a solid state uh, clean channel and it's a bit nasal and a bit thin um and people do say that they are great sounding amps but they're wrong um they sound okay they sound okay at best so it's good enough for james hetfield and matt bellamy uh i think adam jones and tall uses one i mean these are all people who's tone are not the things that i would say is the best thing about them um it doesn't even come into the top 10 like i would i would rate james hetfield's yeah yes over his guitar tone <laughs> so um, this, are we? <laughs> yeah like back to slayton Het. uh but like all of, all of the other amp models are, are, are based on like various fender amps and like uh voxes and like various modded versions like dumbbells and matchless and dr z amps so they're all like really really cool sounding thick valve clean channels which is not what you'd get as a, as a beginner the the jazz chorus was the closest thing i got so i've i've set a uh like a preset that i've called crap amp uh, and that will be my my base tone for this uh, experiment, and we'll see. So how what we I'm going to suggest live on the Fret Talk podcast is: once you are free from your COVID positive situation, I have a bone stock fifty pound ESP LTD here with ESP LTD pickups in. Nice. I want the guitar back in time for me to get my Fletcher pickups, but you can use it. Fair play, yeah. That's that sounds uh, sounds like a decent decent catch. That does, uh, and we'll see how good the tones I can get out of it. It's basically going to be a shootout between two quite um, quite distinctive um, early pedals that you might see, and that's all I'm going to say on that so far. Question but, for you: You know the amps in the the helix stomp yeah um are you able to change the cabs yeah the yeah amps? yeah you are yeah so could you run the jc 120 into an eight inch a single eight inch speaker so that it's as close to what you might like so that it's as solid statey and shitty as possible to the nearest. Like, you remember those little fucking things that came in the practice like when you <laughs> bought your guitar and you yeah. got a practice amp with it and it's got it's usually a six or an eight inch speaker and it's 10 watts, but you know, yeah, it's it's solid state and you could use the, the JC120 into a single eight or a single six. Yeah, so 
there is a, a an eight inch cab or, or like the uh, an eight inch combo speaker. However, it's yeah. a champ, so it's going to be a Jensen okay. speaker, and it's going to be quite a decent eight inch speaker. Um, it's not. It's not going to be generic Ibanez lying in the back of the factory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not going to be like like fridge magnet speaker um, with cone that's made of whatever cardboard was left. Plasticine. Yeah, yeah. So, like the 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 tone I've got so far is it's thin enough and kind of honky and and nasal enough to it it does give you that like early practice amp kind of tone um i've dialed it in particularly badly as well so <laughs> we're we're on to a winner um but this week as well by the time that this podcast is out it will have aired but this week for us is the debut of a new um, video on the budget pedal chap channel. Um, I've been I've been teasing it for a while, and I've been kind of wondering what to do with it. Uh, but this week, I've actually recorded it, and it's coming out. It's, it's all done. It's all scheduled. We will be out by the time this. Um, so it it's going to be what's called no talk or tone verses. So. In previous no talk all tones, it has been one pedal, and you get all of the tones that you can get out of that pedal. Uh, it usually takes about five ten minutes per pedal, and it is just one pedal. You look through all of the tones, and that's it. This week we are pitting two pedals against each other, and the way that we're going to kick it off is a tube screamer shootout. Um, we have got the Ibanez TS Mini which is considered quite a decent but very uh, very affordable version of the um, the Ibanez Tube Screamer versus the Joyo Vintage Overdrive, which again is quite, it's heralded as quite a, um, quite a decent budget alternative to a Tube Screamer. I think the Joyo will come out on top. It is surprising. I'm going to tell you that it's quite surprising. And... Neither pedal are bad. It's the Joyo one. If that's the one, the green one with the yellow knobs, isn't it? It is indeed. Yeah. Yes, because my friend's got one of those in front of uh, his amp. He's got the Black Star Series One Hundred, and it's bloody brilliant. Okay. Because like, he showed it me with and without it, um, mm. and he was using. Uh, I think he was using the Jim Root Jazzmaster, and it just really tightened it up nicely. Just admit. Yeah, I mean, it is it is very much aimed at a specific tube screamer sound, um, and both of those pedals sound they. I mean, they sound like tube screamers, so they sound similar in ways. But then there are definitely, um, definitely some characteristics that kind of branch them off from each other. I would, I would argue that you could own both in your collection and justify it, mainly because I do. Um, and there is an off chance that my other half might listen to this. So <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason I've got them both. Uh, I've got so many tube screamers, I'll be honest. Um, 
I probably don't need that many. I've never owned one. Hmm. Interesting. Well, the the nearest I've got to owning a tube screamer is the MXR GTOD, which you know is I guess it is kind of like a tube screamer. It's their version of it, but yeah, I've never actually used a you know honest to god tube screamer. Never tried one. I mean, if that's not a video that we have to do for pedal boards of doom, that is <laughs> like I don't know what is. Like, man who has never used Tube Screamer uses Tube, uses Screamer, tube Screamer for the first time. <laughs> this is, this is, I mean, you've, you've got to be like one of about five people. But let's be quite honest. What's the point in me trying to use them? Because I run a quad cortex. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's, there's justification for not owning anything if you've got modelers. Yeah. But we all know that owning stuff is fun. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> And no matter how good the modelers are, there's always something that's not quite there about the models. An analog gear, yeah. And I'm not saying like the analog gear will always be better. And it's not a case of that. It's just there's there's always gonna be a difference. Yeah. Um so it's worth it's worth trying uh, a proper one. When we uh when we get together and do a little bit of a uh, recording session, I'll bring uh, bring my TS Mini and you can try that out. Absolutely, I'll be willing to give it a go. Oh, show. Um, uh, what else have I done this week? Because I've I've definitely done something else. Oh no, I've, that, those are the two things that I've done, and we're about halfway through the podcast. So this is where we introduce the. New well, yeah, it's it's a segment that was started last week, but we've got an actual, an actual title for it this week. It is the lukewarm hot takes. <laughs> In, insert catchy riff mid podcast. That's it, like jingle. <laughs> yeah, that. Oh, that's the pedal boards of doom. <laughs> intro music. stream stream intro. That's it. Whoops. Um, yeah, we'll use that. It's fine. So, uh, lukewarm hot takes. So now, The interesting thing is, when we say hot takes, we actually mean it because we've all pretty much got one. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, last week, uh, we'll, we'll recap, actually, on last week's one because we did do a poll, didn't we, on this? I mean, <laughs> so did you Did you happen to catch the results of that poll there, Josh? Uh, so the the question was, uh, or, or in fact the statement was that we were meant to argue, was that Garage Inc. Two, two, two times, yes, Josh. So Garage Inc. Uh, has like, all of the songs. I was short. Yeah, all of the covers on Garage Inc. are better than the originals, um, and I think it was something like uh, over double the amount of votes voted <laughs> for. Fuck! It was like five three. Okay, there we go. So that's an extra 40%, is it? Um, uh, yeah, something like that. So it's, yeah, almost almost unanimous. But it uh, was like the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak. When he got beaten, the one was bigger than the 21, and that's what this win symbolises. So thank you to everybody that voted for us because we did eventually win. Um. I, if you check the um, the votes as well, Paul Mason, 
had voted for your one. Um, commented against Yeah, commented <laughs> that actually that's not what he meant. So he read it wrong. So it should actually be 6-2. But who's counting? Um, <laughs> so the, there is that. So this week's, uh, this week's first hot take, because we've got two this week. The first hot take is coming from me. This is my statement, and I I stand by this one. I I will I will happily die on this hill. Um, Judas Priest are better than Iron Maiden. Ah. I mean, <laughs> it's controversial. It's meant to be controversial, but I believe that statement. And oh, so- I. I can name more songs by Iron Maiden than I can by Judas Priest, but I find Judas Priest's music better. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So, like, in terms of the musicianship, I would argue that the guitarists in Iron Maiden completely outclass the guitarists in Judas Priest. I would argue that Bruce Dickinson has a like far superior um, like voice tonal quality, and I think he's probably got a better uh, vocal range as well. So, like in terms of technical ability, on paper, Maiden are the best band, and actually, some of their absolute wicked tunes are like full on bangers. They they have got some absolutely wicked tunes. Now, internet may be able to prove me wrong here, but I remember reading the fact that um, Rob Halford actually has a better vocal range than Freddie Mercury. Oh, okay. And I, I think it was, I can't remember, I think it was some like two and a half octaves Rob, Rob Holiday could do. That's all well and Rob good. Rob Halford even, sorry. <laughs> That's all well and good, but when you put them in a band that write songs that associate that no one can remember their names, then... It, you might as well not be a vocalist. Like Judas Priest are the kind of band that you look at. You 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 see a three day festival lineup. You see Judas Priest, and you look at the other stage to see what's on in case you don't have to go back to your tent. I mean, I, I I'll put my hands up here and say that the 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 most viewings of Judas Priest have been on like either multiple header um, gigs or Sky Arts. <laughs> yeah. um, it wouldn't surprise me if they were on Sky Arts, to be fair. But no, like I've seen them at festivals a bunch of yeah. times. I've seen them at like gigs where it's it's been like two or three main headline acts, and I just so happened to catch Judas Priest. Um, so when when you mentioned Judas Priest in my head, I had I fought the law, which is wrong because it's. Breaking the law, isn't it? Not I fought Breaking the law. I fought the broken but, law, yeah. But because it, all all I associate with them, them with is a song about the law. Indeed, and they just they're so forgettable that, like, I I actually listened to a couple of their songs to try and remember what who Judas Priest were, because they're they're just the kind of band that you know they're on they were on Kerrang at the same time as when, when you know when they did all these rundowns of like. 80s and 90s stuff and you know you you're actually learning the iron maiden stuff occasionally songs would come on and i vaguely recognize some of them but like 
they they don't say anything to me. They don't like they're not songs that stick with me that I want to go away, and they're not make songs that make me want to scream along to them. Whereas if you look at Iron Maiden's stuff, half of their songs, if you played like two or three seconds of straight away i'm paying attention and i'm remembering screaming along like to kerrang or screaming along to concerts that i've watched online i've not not managed to catch them yet but i i would actively pay for a ticket to an iron maiden concert i would actively avoid judas priest if i'd already paid for a ticket for a concert (laughs) i mean if you if you put it in in those terms i have paid for an iron maiden ticket concert (laughs) and i haven't paid for like a soul <laughs> Judas Priest concert, um, so that's that's a, a knock to my to my argument somewhat. Am um, I right in saying that they still, when you're doing music school, am I right in saying that they still teach painkiller to drum students as like an exam or a test or something? Because for that intro, I don't know, but painkiller pain is an absolute fucking jam. I, I remember trying to learn it and you know years ago and I was like, you know, the main riff's a bit tricky to get down, but once you kinda of got it, it's not too bad. And then the solo kicks in, you just go, yeah. Oh well fuck that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is where like KK Downing and Glenn Tipton kind of fight back against the Maiden boys. Um because they shit all over it. Well, even like even though the the fast bits in those solos are sloppy, there's there's like some advanced techniques in there. There is like sweep techniques in there. And as far as I'm aware, there's no sweeping in Maiden. But like, the, I, I no, will. Because it's melodic. Yeah. Well, so this is, this is part of the crux of my argument is that Iron Maiden have written some absolutely banging tunes. However, they have written, they're a bit like ACDC where. ACDC is not only the name, but also the chordal instruction. Um, with Iron Maiden, it's E, C, and D. And it's it's that for however many albums they are right now, probably about 40. Uh, I was actually looking through on, on Google because, I mean, I have to be honest, I, I'm not aware of the full Judas Priest discography. But with Iron Maiden, I'm pretty sure that they probably live off the royalties just from Number of the Beast and The Trooper alone, which were like, what, 83, 85, something like that, I'm I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. And you're telling me that Judas Priest aren't getting by on I I Fought the Law alone. (laughs) I Fought the Law isn't even their song. I Fought the Law and the Law won. Breaking the law, yeah, breaking the law. The, the class did it as a cover. Indeed. Um, so, like, Judas Priest have got a fair few banging tunes. Like, if you've played GTA Vice City, you will definitely know another Judas Priest song. What is it called? Uh, you've got another thing coming. You got another thing coming. Yeah, vaguely. Uh, absolutely in there somewhere. I was more of a San Andreas person than a Vice City person, but yeah, Vice City. Um, either way, um, like there's there's a couple of tunes from that earlier kind of, um, like from British Steel and uh, Screaming for Vengeance and all of those kind of, um, 
the earlier stuff. But then, like you say, Painkiller, absolutely wicked album, came out in like the uh, mid nineties, I think. So they they spanned from very late seventies up until kind of the mid nineties, still producing um, like banging banging albums. Granted, they are still. I, I think they have still been releasing albums. I don't think they do necessarily anymore. Um, but the last time I saw them, maybe about 10 years ago, they were promoting uh, Nostradamus, which was their then current album. Um, and I it's, think that it, was too long ago, as far as I'm I mean, it, it's probably a lot longer ago than I think it is. Um, you'll probably find it's maybe 15 years ago or something by now. Um, but, like, they 2008. were... 2008. There you go. Oh, but they've had two albums since then, and they're currently recording another one. Well, there you go. I thought yeah, they'd start. Thought... And like, like our resident budget, but budget, I can't. I can never say budget pedal chap. I can never say it. Um, you start just going to go. Dun, 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 you know. Yeah, yeah, and like I can guarantee, Iron Maiden have released maybe three or four albums since then. But yeah. at least half of the track listings will go. Whereas at least Judas Priest are trying to keep it melodically interesting or rhythmically interesting, should I say? And that's that's my argument for it. I think the the big maiden hits are. Um, are probably bigger than the Judas Priest big hits. I don't think there's any probably about it. They're definitely bigger than the Judas Priest. Um, yeah. However, 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 like on average, I could, I could go through like a random, random album out of the Judas Priest discography and choose five songs, and they will vary a lot more than if I did the same thing with a Maiden album. Oh, yeah. Um, and I could do that probably five times over, and I'd get 25 different sounding songs from Judas Priest, or at least, at very least, kind of 20 different sounding songs and some filler. Whereas with Maiden, at least half of those will go... So, I mean, they found a thing and they stuck to it and they're not the only band that do. And I know last week I was, like, ripping on Metallica for trying new things. And now my argument for Judas Priest is that, like, they do things that aren't the same. But, like, there's a sweet spot. And I think, whereas Metallica veered too far out of that sweet spot... um, They have become too comfortable in it. Yeah, Maiden uh, uh, have gone the other way and have they found the thing that they liked. They're, uh, like, they're heavy metal status quo, aren't they? Heavy metal status quo. Wow. Um, <laughs> status quo, we've got some absolutely wicked tunes. Yeah. Um, but the, their career is built on... Um, and Iron Maidens is built on. So, and what really, uh, 
it it just is the cherry on top as well. Is if you play an Iron Maiden song at fifty percent of the speed, it's a Dio song. Sorry. Yeah, that's that's my argument um, against it, and we again will put this as a poll. Yeah, I mean, you, you're welcome to your Judas Priest are, are better, but, like, it's just... I, I, They're just so bland that I don't know anything about them. I would I would really suggest, like, digging into some... Uh, like, going into some albums, because you probably will like them. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, but that... I, I would probably like being a homosexual, but I'm not willing to try it. <laughs> I mean, the fact that this is the second week on the trot, I think the lady doth protest too much here, isn't it? <laughs> um, but there you go. I mean, whatever floats your boat, Josh. Um, we do have a second, um, a second hot take slash lukewarm is this, hot is this Matt's one or my one this is, this is my your one's one. not a hot take all yeah. I said was there hasn't been a good band created since 2005 and I think yeah. everybody here and including the listenership would agree with that statement so there's no yes. point in my question kind of fits into that sort of yeah yeah in, it, the, in the fact that, it, that there is the argument that there has been no you know great bands because we always see you know like say Take Dallow, for example, you know, the headline slots, let's be honest, it's always Maiden, you know, Sabbath, Metallica, next year it'll be fucking Avenged Sevenfold, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, ACDC. Like, you might find... Yeah, ACDC. And... Like Killswitch and uh, Disturbed. Yeah. You might find Limp Biscuit have been one. Yeah, so Soad have been one. And it's always the yeah, same so ones on repeat. But... And... They're, I mean, we, we're talking about them I, as if they're... I have. Yeah. Now, this is where my hot take is coming in. The next band that I believe will reach that status and become a, shall we say, a, a largely profitable band that's really stamped there. Yeah, like authority. a headliner band. One that you would you'd put on a, a festival and they will draw the crowds. Yes. And now this is where my hot take is. Ghost. Who? I mean, there's, there's a lot of hype around Ghost. Ghost, there's Ghost a lot of have only been knocked, you know, think about, I think, eight, nine years ago, they were playing, you know, clubs like, you know, the fucking Thekla or the Fleece in Gibson, you know, supporting, like, really shit bands. And now they're kind of, you know, this they're supporting Metallica, that you know, they're doing a world headline tour. And I think that they are literally on the cusp now of being a really big headline band. Okay. That's my hot that's my hot take. Oh, is it so we've switched switched it up a little bit to say that Ghost are the next headliner. Because I think yeah. that the like the original question posed was that there hasn't been a quote unquote headliner. For the last 15 years. Ghost will be that next one. Okay. Okay. Well, I know nothing about Ghost. I'm, yeah. learn- I'm learning of Ghost now. <laughs> I 
think my missus has mentioned them because she actually quite likes new music and hates everything that I say when I talk about music. <laughs> it's, it's not very, let's be fair, it's not very honest that, you know, metal makes, you know, kind of the headlines in the music world. It doesn't happen very often. But the fact that Ghost won a fucking Grammy with a metal album is so yeah, good the, going. The, th- the thing is, like, if you're into music made with instruments... In 2020, if you want new music, you basically have the option of metal or country. There's, there's not really in the pop world, even in like the what like there used to be like indie bands coming out, like you know, um, the Kings of Leon, Kaiser Chiefs, yeah. like Arctic Monkeys, that kind of stuff, kind of filled that kind of pop rock or whatever you want to call it. Like they they call themselves indie bands, whatever you want to call it. That doesn't exist anymore. There's, yeah. there's nothing in the mainstream like you might hear a guitar on that guy from one direction's album maybe if you're lucky but most of it is programmed into a macbook and you know messed around with so if you're looking for real music you either listen to country music or listen to metal and i think that's why i think the kind of that kind of scene because there's always going to be people, be people gravitating towards that because it's the kind of thing that, as a teenager, really pisses your parents off. <laughs> like you, like so. Like I think that's why, like the metal kind of scene is where you're going to get it. And actually, if if they're a good metal band, then yeah, they they may well kind of raise that that kind of level. But also, that's the kind of people that want to go to a festival is people that want to listen to. Don't want to. They don't want to go and see Kanye West and his mate who stood behind a MacBook Pro pressing some buttons. Uh, pressing pressing spacebar to let it play. Yeah, and like it's all well and good if you want to go to Creamfields and jump around in a field where a man's pressing the things on a, a MacBook. But like for most of the actual festivals, most people want to see an actual band, and like you either yeah. pick somebody who's been making music since 1965 or you try and find these new bands and most of them are going to be like pop punk or metal. Yeah. I think like, we've got, um, Greeper Van Fleep, uh, Gre- who, Greta Van Fleet. who have like, they're starting to embark on a, on their own career rather than just being a Zeppelin tribute act. But I mean, they're 15 years old. Like the, the band's been around for 15 years. Has it? They're, they're not a new band. Uh, like in the mainstream, I, though they I are. I was like, listening to Greta Van Fleet when I was in secondary school. Oh, really? Okay. They were called Led Zeppelin back then. <laughs> yeah. I'm almost certain that I was still in secondary school. Okay, maybe so it was the year after I left secondary school. 2012, they formed. There you go. Um, like they they hit the mainstream with their previous album, didn't they? The the really Zeppeliny sounding one, which was. Yeah. I think there was a song about a train there as well, and it was all very generic, um, generic blues. Um, but apparently, they're they're kind of carving their way a little bit more now, and they they're finding their own sounds. Um, but yeah, I think I I can't see them being that big headline act unless something big happens. I can't see them being this big big headline act, um, like. The the bands that you mentioned, like the Kings of Leon and the Killers and all all those kind of bands, they will be the headliners, but not for the kind of festivals that we want to go to. Um, they'll be doing like Reading 
and Leeds. Um, but like, if you're thinking about what's going to be doing Sonosphere and download, like Sonosphere is ever <laughs> going to come back, um, and Bloodstock as well. Um, what's going to be headlining those things? Uh, you'll probably find that it will be a very aging Slipknot and a very aging. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know who. Event uh, Sevenfold. Yeah, Event Sevenfold, yeah. Kill Switch, Disturbed. Yeah. Uh, they seem to do the rounds, don't they? Uh, you'll probably find... Have Disturbed ever headlined? I mean, they've probably headlined like second stages, but I don't think they've ever headlined like a main stage, have they? Uh, they've they've been in the top kind of four. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you'll probably find as uh, like Def Leppard die uh, and Judas Priest die. Iron Maiden die, they'll get bumped up the the schedule because I've heard of Disturbed. I might as well go. Um, but yeah, I think Ghost look like they are going to be one of those bands that pull in those crowds. There's a massive mystique around them. Um, I mean, I, this is kind of going to be. Not slapping my argument in last week in the face, but when I seen Metallica on their last tour, Ghost was supporting them. And it was the first time I had, to be honest, I'd seen Ghost. I'd been listening to him here and there and whatnot, but then when I saw them live, mm. I had to admit that was like, I get it now. Yeah, I get it. And uh, when I then I literally straight after the Metallica show, I think about the week later, Ghost announced their headline solo tour. And I bought tickets the same day, and their live show was probably in like the top five live shows I've ever been to. It was outstanding, absolutely outstanding. I mean, shit like that used to happen back in the day as well, though, didn't it? Like, um, Van Halen got kicked off of uh, a Black Sabbath tour because they were getting bigger cheers than the the main the main act. Thin Lizzy yeah. uh, were touring with uh, Bob Seger and ended up not touring by the end of it because they were stealing the show. Um, like it, it's happened all throughout time. So the fact that like Ghost are getting fans from uh, from the Metallica um, support slot is it, it's shaping up that they are going to be one of those big bands. Um, but I, I again, same as Matt, I don't know enough about Ghost. Like. I've seen a lot of hype. There's a load of stuff in the like guitar press about them. Listen to Meliora, and that will cement everything. That album is a masterclass, absolute okay. masterclass. Um, and I think we'll we'll pop both of those things in a poll in the um in the Facebook group. So if you want to have your say on it, make sure that you are part of the Fret Talk podcast Facebook group. Um, we. We're gonna do some news. We've just, got... just before we do, does anyone we have something on the... Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> I think I think none of us care like too yeah. much about Bruce. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, was, I was just gonna say, would anybody care to guess what the three headliners for download? Sure, this is year? Uh, it's Biffy Clyro. Yeah, Biff, uh, yeah. twenty-year-old band. Yeah, Kiss. Yeah. And Maiden. Yeah. So it feels like it's the same headline from 10 years ago. Yeah. 
Not even that kiss for headlining, I think about three years ago. I mean, to be honest, I don't think Biffy Clyro has headlined it before. But I, I, I think he's pushing it to be up there. I don't think he's that good, but that's me. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen Biffy Clyro. I saw Biffy Clyro in, yeah, about 2011. And they're, they're, they're quite good live. Um, I love Biff. In fact, but... I think they headlined the main stage at Sonosphere in 2011. Well, there you go. Were they the second? I think they might be the second night headliner. I think it was them, Slipknot, and Metallica as the three headliners there. I mean, and that hasn't changed, does it? Like that—that <laughs> that could easily be this this year's headline slots. Yeah, and... like it hasn't moved on at all. Like I'm trying to think. Like the only thing is, Motorhead aren't going to be on there anymore, and that's about the that's about the only thing that's changed in the last ten years is you're not going to see Motorhead on the lineup. Oh, Motorhead were always a mainstay. They weren't. They were never headlining it, but they were always like third. Third up. Yeah. And you'd get like you get Motorhead, then you get like Judas Priest, and then you get Def Leppard, or you get Motorhead, The Darkness, Judas Priest, or, or something I have like to admit, the last time I went to a festival was download twenty sixteen and it actually wasn't too bad because I think I remember being at the main stage and it was I can't believe I'm gonna like say this one, but they were fucking brilliant. Baby metal. They were outstanding. I really enjoyed them. Then there was, I think it was like Alien Ant Farm. Um, and then it was, it was meant to be Motorhead, but obviously Lemmy had died. So they'd done like um, a, a Motorhead tribute sort of show. Yeah. And then it was Kill Switch Engage, Korn, and Rammstein. Mm. There you go. Um, and again, that could easily be this year's <laughs> one. It won't be Ramstein because they're doing their world tour, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, like, like you could easily see them on it as headline headline lineup for this year or next year. Like, it, oh yeah, yeah. It, uh, it, it really music hasn't moved anywhere in that world really for ten, fifteen years. It's depressing, isn't it? Like it, it is just it's cementing in our minds that back in our day, <laughs> oh, um, God, we we are the boomers. We are. When did that happen? Um, no, so it's like ever since this podcast started, it's always happened. Right, let's do some news because we have actually got some news this week. 4P, 4P. Um, they've released um, a rather interesting fuzz pedal. I mean, they've got a fair few fuzz pedals in their lineup. However, um, the Thorpey Boneyard is a tone bender to end all tone benders. It is. Uh, it's got a, a mode on it where you can switch between two and three transistors and uh, it allows you, using all the controls that it's got on it, you can get Mark 1 tones, you can get Mark 1.5, you can get Vox tones, you can get the 2, 3 and the 4 um, like sounding um, tone benders all in this one pedal. The controls on it, you've got volume and drive like you usually would. You've got a tone control, which is foot switchable. So you can switch out the tone control, like completely bypass it, which gives you like very classic tone bender because obviously the, the original ones were two knob. Yeah. Um, and there's also a feed control, which is essentially like a bias. So really allowing you to dial in each and every... Uh, characteristic of your fuzz tone um sounds really good 
Oh, yeah. But because Thorpe is built, it's built to withstand a nuclear war. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like they're using. It's a good like, job, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he, he uses like top quality stuff. He uses like um, audio grade uh, electrolytic capacitors. He uses Wimmer caps as well. Uh, and they're all handmade and like the tolerances are checked as well. Um, they are using germanium, like three germanium transistors, um, which they will obviously be um, like checked for leakage and um, they will be matched up so they'll be paired up perfectly. Um, like we, we've got quite a few tone benders recently. Uh, if you go back to like the Solar Sounds um, Boss collaboration, we've had that. There's like JHS has released like the um, like four different versions of like specific era tone benders, and then there's there was another one released this week as well, another tone bender. So I mean, it seems like the tone bender is the what the clon was ten years ago. Um, so we're all we've all got all we've got one, but like this being a Thorpe, it's going to be built to withstand. It's going to be built really well. Um, the controls on it as well, like allowing you to like a foot switchable uh, tone bypass to give you like to go from like tonal uh, sculpting to like full fat um, transistor tone uh, is is wicked. They aren't cheap. They, they are not cheap. Um, They're not. Yes, the the Thorpe pedals aren't cheap, but you are getting what you pay for with them. I think. I mean, this is this is expensive for a Thorpe. This is, but it'll be like solely down to number one components are getting more difficult to to source, and number two, the germanium transistors are like hen's teeth. They are just simply impossible to find a good stash. So these are going to be a limited run based on how many components Thorpe can find. And let's be honest, if you're getting any components from Russia at the moment, that ain't going to be happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, like, you can't pay for them. Yeah, tra- yeah trade is a little, <laughs> bit, little bit stunted, isn't it? Uh, but... Um uh, so like on paper this 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 pedal is something that you'd think oh the guitar community will be absolutely loving this. Um however I uh, I was on uh I think it was the Fuzztopia Facebook group, which is usually a bunch of people who love Fuzz. Um and there was a little bit of backlash against this one. I think there were some people n- not uh not liking it as much as uh, would be expected, um, which, like, fair enough, we're we're all allowed to have opinions. Uh, it's difficult to say without actually having tried the pedal, um, and hopefully with the uh, the guitar show coming up in a couple of months' time, some people will actually have an opportunity to do that. Um, but there's, I, I just wanted to mention that because, um. Not so long back, there was um, the the Rat Pack, the Pack Rat, sorry, from JHS. The, they've also done the Bonsai and the Muffaletta, which uh, 
kind of roughly in the same vein of like a multifunctional pedal that does yeah like just because the bonsai is like a tube screamer that does all tube screamers this seems to be like pointing in the same direction when jhs releases something like that it is instantly heralded as a, a fantastic thing um so i'm wondering what the backlash is all about this what do we I, just, I think they've not actually seen what Thorpey looks like because I swear to God, if they were going to say anything like that to Thorpey's face, he would pound them into the ground like no one's business. Mm. And I don't mean that as a euphemism, like he's fucking built like a brick shit house. Oh, he is. He's he's a, he's a massive man. He's, I mean, he's military, he's ex-military. Yeah, he's military. So, so he's, he's obviously built pretty well. Uh, and I don't think uh, our Adrian is is the coins to inflict pain on people just because they don't like his stuff. He's quite a gentle giant, but he's um like he he's intimidating. Um you'd you'd want to make sure your argument was very well reasoned before you put it <laughs> put it in front of him. <laughs> um but yeah, I think I don't know. I don't know if these people uh, are aware of his kind of his work ethic. Um, because all of the all of the Thorpey stuff that I've played and I've tried, um, has all been absolutely immaculate quality. It's it's all got that same kind of military attention to detail. It's like tolerances within like points of a percent, uh, and just all of the all of the details were thought about before, um before anything is is let out into the world so i, I don't know I, I don't know what what the specific hate for this pedal was and I, um i think whatever it had like whatever comments have been thrown in there by the time i got into the uh the comment section all of the all of the comments had been taken down anyway but i can't see i can't see reason for it where like there's it's striking me as a as a hypocrisy. Um, well, I mean, that's the internet in a nutshell, isn't it? <laughs> no, this is the internet in a nutshell. Uh, <laughs> I'm in a nutshell. Get help me! Oh, Everyone's are stuck in this bloody big nutshell. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you, but you know what? I'm like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. There's a yeah. There's a wide like yeah. It just that's the exact way that the internet is. That it's fine if if if. It's, you know, somebody who's got a bit of a, like, internet following, especially somebody who's got an internet following the likes of JHS. Yeah, yeah. Anybody, anybody who says anything bad about JHS just gets immediately shot down, as I know, because I tend to rip on his stuff, because it just, it's all very derivative, and I'm not particularly a big fan, whereas, like, I don't mind if, you know, one or two things that you've got in your lineup are inspired by other things but they do it in a different way like this is the kind of thing where you've he's taken a, a Thorpey's taken a tone bender and he's gone here's like you you can get the original sound in it but here's some other functionality that changes it up a bit and allows you to actually you know it yeah. makes it more user-friendly and also gives you some other tonal options whereas what a lot of the time JHS do is here's a direct clone of a pedal from 20 years ago and it's two and a quid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue that. It's hard to argue. So if you, uh, I, mean, I think it should, it should be the other way, but I think because you get 
such a, because he's got such a big following because yeah. of his YouTube channel. I think he gets a lot of support from thirteen year olds with nothing better to do. Yeah, there's a bit of cult of personality there, isn't there? Uh, yeah, and there's I'm, another YouTuber that's like that. Uh, I'm, I'm not meaning to, <laughs> I'm not meaning to shit on the guy um, because, like, he's 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 done very well selling his pedals and and he's he's managed to do very well, um, like with his YouTube presence as well. Like that in and of itself has blown up uh, like beyond all expectations. Um, and so I, I'm not I'm not meaning to say I'm not meaning to direct like the hate at him and say well if you're hating on this guy hate on this one, um, but I just do that. I just felt it was a little bit uh, a little bit unfair when um, um, Thorpey's doing that thing that uh, Xander was um, Xander circuitry like the mantra of Xander circuitry is that. They're not going to make a pedal unless it, they can do it better or like different or better. Yeah. And and Thorpey's very much done that where you've got those original sounds in, but then you've got this extra stuff. Yeah. Um. Anyway, speaking of uh, speaking of JHS, <laughs> uh, JHS have released uh, the Overdrive preamp, which this is. This is a little bit of a like a an homage. This one, so it's an homage to like the original run, like pre-release uh, DOD two fifty preamp, which quite a popular pedal. Um, essentially, what that is is a MXR distortion plus without the clipping stage. So you get a little bit of. Like you get an added brightness, and then once you wind up the gain, you get like a really nice, transparent-ish, um, like edge of breakup kind of clipping. It's really kind of natural. There's no like compression, no over-the-top saturation. Before they they decided to take the clipping out of the uh, the MXR Distortion Plus. The DoD two fifty had a clipping switch, so essentially, JHS have released the MXR Distortion Plus. I think. Um, What's what does the switch in the middle of the overdrive preamp do? Uh, so the the switch in the middle of the overdrive preamp, oh the 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 new like the uh, JHS one. That's a like clipping options. Okay. So I think it's it switches up between two clipping types. I don't think there's an option to take the the clipping diodes away. So literally, I, all he's done is take the circuitry out the box, rubbed off MXR, and put JHS on it, and, and then flogged it off instead of seventy nine quid or whatever it costs to two hundred ten pounds just to have some egotist's name on the front of the pedal. Sorry, if you're <laughs> listening, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's that's definitely one one thought of the whole thing. I think the the MXR obviously doesn't have the sw- the switch for the clipping, but it's a very good pedal. Like the MXR Distortion Plus is very good. Um, I made one for our good friend Will, um, and I almost didn't give it to him because I enjoyed the pedal. Um, I, w- I was picking the ballpark when they said about £79. I wasn't far off, £77, £85. I was actually pretty much on the mark with that. There you go. 
Yeah, and I, I think for that for that circuit, that seems about the right price. Uh, I think that's not what the Overdrive Pre is worth, though, is it? No, the the Overdrive Pre amp is one hundred and seventy nine. One hundred and seventy nine dollars, yeah. So that's you're probably talking one hundred and fifty quid, which is a bit much for a two knob drive pedal with two clipping options. I mean, I'd rather pay the money and get the Angry Rhubarb Honey, uh, Angry Rhubarb by Redbeard, because it's about, I think, £170, and it kind of does the same thing, but you've got, I think you've got the three-band EQ on there, and it's very similar. I mean, that'd be much more of a better spend of your money, in my opinion. Well, the fact that it's got EQ options on it then gives you more more control than you do get with this one. That's what I mean. If You know, that's what... You know, JHS should be doing if they're going to do that. You know, do it and improve it, not just copy it and take off one feature or whatever. You know, well, this this is like a, a direct clone, isn't it? This is a mm. this is that homage to that original pre-release version. So it's yeah. for, it is for the nerds. It's for those people who really want to get like feel like they've got a bit of like a snapshot of pedal history. But, but then he's stuck it in a big box and put the jacks on the side, so it takes up two pedals worth of space. Yeah, like the original yeah. ones were big box as well. I don't know if they were side yeah, mounted jacks. That's all well and good, but we're in 2021, and the, those components fit in a smaller box. They do, yes, they do. You could so probably get a midi pedal out of it. Stick them in a smaller box, and whilst you're doing that, move the fucking jack, jacks to the top. <laughs> For God's sake. It's, 2020, it's not even 2021, it's 2022. I don't even know what year it is anymore. I'm so stressed by yeah, that stop angry. putting jack pedal jack sockets on the side of pedals, people. Stop it. And I think that's uh, that's a good place to end the podcast. Is on a uh, <laughs> on a mat rant. Uh, so that is us for this week. Uh, my my throat is, as you can hear, it is almost giving up. So it's definitely time to end. Um, I'm going to extend a massive thank you to our Patreon backers because you guys keep the lights on. And your names are as follows. It is Mr. Andrew Bimson, Mr. Adam Yeomans, Mr. Doug Christ of 37FX, of Masters of the Cinematic Universe, and the Just Surprise Me podcast. We have got Mr. Hugh G. Rection. Wee. Hey. We have got Mr. Day, Mr. Ben, Mr. Day, Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups, and Mr. Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks podcast and the Second Button podcast. Um, and as little as $2 a month, you can join that list of people. $2, that's less than, I don't know, something that costs $3. I don't know how currency works. <laughs> uh, I don't know what $2, you can do. It's the same price as a $2 steak. There you go. There you go. A two, I don't think I'd trust a $2 steak, if I'm quite honest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so if you want to catch me online, it's Budget Pedal Chap. You can find me on Instagram, YouTube, and the other one, Facebook. And YouTube is the home to the No Talk or Tone series and possibly to the new run long running series, No Talk or Tone Versus. We shall see how Q, popular Q, there being one episode, one episode only, and it never being seen again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you if you want it, watch it. No, that's as simple as it gets. If you want it to continue, watch it. And it will continue. Watch it. Watch it more. I mean, yeah. Do me a favour and watch it twice. Pan one of them left and one of them right. 
don't watch it, watch it. Yeah, because it'll send like a devil on your shoulder. Um, Matt, <laughs> if we want to find you, we go heel underscore Matt Q at Twitter and Twinstagram. Correct. Yes. Twitch. Nothing else. Absolutely <laughs> nothing else. Um, Josh, we can find you at the Corona Mortis on Instagram and at JoshyZK at YouTube. And we can find you at the Guitar Geeks podcast also. And Pedal Boards of Doom. Pedal Boards of Doom. We can find you on Pedal Boards of Doom with some quad cortex goodness a lot of the time. So I figured out what the next quad cortex video will be. Let us let us know on the Facebook forum what you want to see me do on the quad cortex. Indeed, indeed. Like give us some uh, give us some ideas of what you'll watch. Because if you if you show us what what you want to watch, we'll do it. It helps us out. Um, but from us this week, from myself, Mr. Budget Pedal Jump, from Mr. Matt Quine, say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Wee. And from Mr. Oh, my gosh, it's Josh. What's not, Allah? Indeed, it will be a tatty bye. And good night for this week. Ta-ra, Rabbit. Bye. I told my daughter, go to bed. The cows are sleeping in the field. She was really puzzled and asked, what's that got to do with anything? And I chuckled and I said, well, that means it's past your bedtime. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear.